0: the Queer Arabs Podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie, And we are the Queer Arabs. I am a Saudi and a lesbian.
1: I am a bi, trans, Lebanese woman living in America.
0: Yes. And we have an amazing guest with us today remotely. Um, Her name is Shireen. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. How are you doing over there? Good. We are talking from across the country, but it's like we're hanging out. So that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background and whatever
2: else? Absolutely. Yeah, I am. So I was born in New Jersey, my mom and dad, they're both from Egypt. They're both from um, Cairo area. And basically when I, when I was born in Jersey, I don't remember anything of it because it was we moved to Chicago right afterwards, like about nine months after my birth. And then we oh, lived okay. in Chicago for like about a year and a half. Then we moved to a small town called Moline, Illinois, which is in Northwest part of the state. And I'm pretty sure we were probably the only immigrant <laughs> Sorry, family, to... the only Brown family in the entire town at night in, in like the early late seventies, early eighties. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That's, that must have been, how was that? What was that experience oh, like?
2: I couldn't really remember much of it. Although I do hear, I've heard stuff from my mom saying that it was really, you know, I don't know my, like we, 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 we didn't really, we didn't really make a lot of friends there because I guess, um, you know, we, people kind of like didn't want to, people were unfamiliar with our, in, an immigrant, you know, background and an immigrant background from a faraway part of the world, like, you know, Middle East, North Africa and all that. And right. But we, there were some nice people, including a neighbor we had. Um, but I, I don't really remember much, any of it at all. My very first memory, believe it or not, was on an airplane.
0: Oh, what was that I've, memory?
2: It was, I think what happened was I was sitting in my mom's lap, Uh we were inside an airplane and we were going to, um, I think we were going to Egypt from Chicago at the time. So it was, um, this was like probably 1979, 1980 and believe it or not, it's, it's so weird because I was only one or two years old and it's. And vaguely remember something like that, where that was like the very first memory that registered in my head over the years. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh my God, that's the very first time I felt life." (laughs) Whoa,
0: it's weird when you realize what your first memory was.
2: I know. Like, yeah, it was. It was strange. But then we moved to Chicago. We were in Chicago, and then um, I know I went to my. I guess my family, you know, we, we flew to Egypt because they wanted to, um, they wanted everybody like the relatives and all that to meet, to see me and to meet me and all that. And right. And I, I could, I couldn't remember afterwards. I couldn't really remember much, um, of the, of the trip at all. But my next memory was being in the Bay area and we went in preschool.
0: Oh, cool. Oh so you moved to the Bay Area
2: not long after Not long after yeah I moved to the Bay Area and I would say about let's say 1981 Uh-huh Um I was I was 3 years old at that time and my um I remember preschool and then a couple years later was when my um dad had to um What was it? He he got a he got a job with the government in in one of the Japanese islands and was uh yeah. Okinawa yeah and so we went over there we flew over there and then I went to um I actually went to kindergarten in Okinawa Japan
0: oh awesome
2: although that was on a military on a on an air force base and all the yeah. students at the school were American you know they're all they were all children of service, either service members or people working in the government as, as some, you know, some kind of, um, non com I guess a non-combat position, if you will, like accountants or doc medical or, yeah. you know, working in just working on the air base. In other words, it wow. was, the air base was called Kadena wow. and we mm-hmm. lived, and we lived there for maybe I'd say about a year and a half. Um, and it was, I think I really oftentimes in my life look back to my memories in Japan because I think that I really, I, it was like, it was really nice to be in another country at the time, gr- you know, growing up. Cause yeah. I think that stuff like that is what really exposed, exposed me to traveling and had piqued my interest in it and made me want to um make two trips a year to throughout the world like yeah. i do now
0: yeah that can really yeah um during your formative years that's what you know the the travel you do or whatever any exposure to anything that makes a difference for the rest of your life yeah it's really cool um so then okay so then you guys move back
2: to the bay area after that Yeah, we moved back to the Bay area in 1984 Mm -hmm. and -hmm. at that point I spent the rest of my childhood in the Bay area, um, until I graduated high school.
0: Oh, okay. All right. That's a cool area to get to grow up.
2: It was, Um, it was nice, you know, although I remember being badly bullied big time when I was younger because, um, I guess the big reasons, because I was, um, I was some unknown ethnicity. Like
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: when I was in third, let's just say when I was in third grade, all you had white students and then you had the only other students of color you had were either the Latina students or the African-American students or Asian students. But I was like, I didn't really, I didn't fit into any of those categories. So yeah. they're like what's, what's your, you know, what's, what, what is she, you know, like Mm
0: -hmm. she doesn't
2: fit. So, so like they treated me kind of like a freak of nature, you know, for at worst, I should say. And, you know, I was bullied big time and I think I, I really, I hated third grade and I, you know, I changed schools. Actually, I changed schools quite a bit when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Did did kids, did kids have any idea what egypt was where it was anything about
2: it i think all they knew about egypt was probably from cartoons yeah <laughs> right possibly from cartoons you know and of course the cartoons that we had were like back in the 80s were like all the bugs bunny and the woody woodpecker and the and the looney tunes and mm. the how tom was- and jerry and mickey mouse yeah
0: how was egypt portrayed in cartoons
2: back then oh i just portrayed as a a sandy country with pyramids and no it it basically didn't portray it as a as a country with big cities like it like it has you know wait
0: doesn't everyone live in pyramids
2: (laughs) <laughs> and I would get questions like that. Exactly. Doesn't everyone live in pyramids? Does everybody ride a camel there? Like, you know, God. like, no, they don't think, they don't, think, they don't realize, oh, you know, there's cars over there and people right. drive them. Some
0: of the biggest cities are in Egypt
2: in the yes, world. Or, you know, or, no or big the deal. biggest one over there, Cairo. That's, um, eight was, it, I think 18 million people in the.
0: Dang. In, I didn't even, I didn't know it was that huge. Well,
2: huge.
0: you mentioned, and I know we talked about this, like before we started recording, you mentioned that you are bisexual and are you out to most people?
2: I came out on Facebook as bisexual. And I think that it's something that I, I know that's a part of my identity, but then, you know, there's obviously there's varying degrees of it and mm-hmm. some people could. Be directly in the middle, dead middle of the spectrum, and some people could, you know, veer kind of on the left or on the right, like whether it's attraction to the same more more attraction to the same sex or more attraction to the opposite sex. But Mm -hmm. I'm bisexual, but I would say I probably sway more on the side of liking the same gender, like liking other women. Oh, okay, awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of know that we, we know how that
2: is. Yeah, I know. It's like, um, it's, it's, it's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm on the, I'm currently dating right now or or not dating anybody at the moment, but I'm, I'm, I'm like putting myself out on the market. And I think Mm -hmm. that, um, I I'm, I'm seeking a woman like, and it doesn't have, it doesn't matter, you know, what, you know, if it was a cisgender woman or a transgender woman, you know, I'm, I'm seeking anybody that identifies as female. To, yeah.
0: Um,
2: in, in general, um,
0: yeah,
2: these, these days, although, I mean, although like when you get down to the fundamentals, I am bisexual, bisexual or pansexual. So yeah. the difference between both being that bisexual inv- implies just two genders, the female and the male. and Pansexual involves multiple genders besides female and male. Like there's also people who are non-binary in the middle, you know, and
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you could, I could, I see myself being potentially attracted to somebody who's, um, you know, who identifies as non-binary.
0: Yeah. So, um, does your family know that you're um, that you're bisexual or pansexual?
2: My mom, I think my mom does. My dad doesn't really know, but nobody really talks to my dad anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, that seems to be a running, almost a running
1: gag with the people we talk with in our just well, in our I'm own just lives. Just us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, yeah something yeah, about it's... dads. Oh my God, we're we're playing into the stereotype, is like, oh no, how did your father abuse you? Type things, or how did your father oh. leave you? Therefore you ended up on in. the
0: L- right so it's like therefore you're on the LGBT spectrum. We swear we, <laughs> we swear, swear there's not, not a like correlation. This. There's not a correlation. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess we just happen to be friends with a lot of people who, you know, go through similar stuff as us. But Bad I mean experiences Yeah, I mean just like similar family structures and stuff. Um right. Yeah, so how did how how has your mom been with with uh, you know, you being pansexual.
2: I think she's been good. She just really wants me to be happy in general. I it's, you know, it feels good. I think it feels really, she's an accepting person for the most part. It just,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: it just, you know, I think as with any other LGBT person, you know, in the community, it's, you know, people who are not in the community are just never going to understand our unique struggles and our unique situation that we go through and our, our unique way of navigating through life and through the world and the fact that we have to share it with um, people who potentially are haters.
0: Yeah. And I mean, let alone going through that and like being queer and being, in our case, Middle Eastern at the same time, yeah. that, that combination is definitely unique. And uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, explain to people who aren't you know don't go through that intersection in a way although i guess a lot of minorities do go through the similar experiences um, right yet there are these unique these unique uh dynamics of being middle eastern and queer so
1: mm-hmm. and throw that oh. throw on top of that buy because now you have to you have to sort of like time that gets beyond the casual then you start discussing dating history and it's like oh my god do you omit this do you talk uh, if you do omit or talk does your family who is out did they say anything it's like you, you
2: gotta you gotta set boundaries and enforce them almost it kind of sucks and people also have preconceived notions too about being bi or pansexual like they think oh we're we never have girlfriends or boyfriends we're always you know anything that we're always like on, we're always like on one night stands every single night with a different person or whatever. And it's just really, you know, and the sad thing is that we get these types of, um, I think we get a lot, I think we get a lot of these stereotypes from both the people who are the other letters in the community and as well as people who are outside of the LGBT community. Like oftentimes we get, thought of as, you know, like the straight folks or the, you know, the non LGBT folks will say that we're, um, you know, we're, we're like promiscuous or whatever. I mean, I mean, I don't think promiscu there's nothing wrong with promiscuity at all. I, you know, not at all. And, yeah, but they're just thinking that we won't, we're not going to be in committed relationships. We're just going to have one night stands every single night with a different person and all that. And not only that, but. You know, you get the uh, like the L and the G in the community. A lot of people, they, f- they believe that for the B, they're, they, the, the, there's a big conception among some people in the, you know, in the L and the G that we're, that we, you know, bisexuals are in denial about being, you know, either L or G, where, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. this, unwillingness to acknowledge the um the spectrum like saying oh someone like this belief only in a person being monosexual meaning like they 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 only they have to be attracted to only one gender and it has to be either the same gender or the opposite gender but they can't be attracted to both genders you know it's just if people if people constantly keep putting themselves in boxes like that that's just really yeah I yeah. mean that they're not—they're—they're they're not only making it a problem for themselves; they're making it a problem for us, you know. And that's, I yeah. think, kind of a selfish thing to do, honestly. And it's so
0: unrealistic because I mean, humans are so complex. So to try to simplify human beings that way is—it it just is not logical or realistic.
1: By the way, darling, how uh, promiscuous am I? How unable to commit am I?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. aside from the fact that we've been together for over a year and a half, you know, obviously, you being bisexual limits you.
1: Yeah, it's like, well. Yeah.
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's, That's it's,
0: sarcasm, by the way. Yes, time. we're joking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, you're talking about the dating pool here. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we're saying we've been together for over a year and a half, mm-hmm. at least bisexual. And, and guess what everyone, we can be in a committed relationship, in, yeah. our, in our case like uh, monogamous even, and Ellie can be bi at the same time. Mind yeah. blown. Mind blown. It's your and fingerprint, you know, your
1: fingerprint. What? And yet somehow you're still a lesbian and all that. Midnight. oh i'm
0: still a lesbian even though i'm with someone who's bi
1: yeah we we don't change people folks not much
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah the lesbian community can you know community quote unquote whatever that is the lesbian pool can be very shitty to you know about the whole concept of bisexuality mm-hmm. it's like you're not a real lesbian if if yes. you've been attracted to a guy at one point in your life
1: Or, you know, worse, it's like, well, how do you, how do I know that one day you're just, you're not just going to be sick of me and go for some guy? I can't compete with a guy. I'm like, really, really, really?
0: Right. Really. It's just this added
2: insecurity people put on themselves for no reason. Right. It's, I mean, I just don't understand how people can just decide to put each other in boxes, especially if they've been boxed by the majority straight population their whole life. And, you know, you know, saying, oh, we're putting you in a box because you're different. And then they decide to go ahead and put other people in boxes because they're, they're different from them, you know, and don't realize that we're all fighting pretty much in many ways, the same battle here. Right.
0: Oh man. I mean, and then like, can you talk about your experience of, dealing with coming out as bi and being egyptian and what what that was Um,
2: like well i think what really helps honestly is getting to know other um lgbt egyptians and 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 also like other lgbt arabs in general um wait they exist yeah that we we exist we're out there i mean who says oh there's no such thing as being lgbt and in you know in 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 the in in arab culture egyptian culture right. yeah you got to get real you know you're like yeah it's that
1: evil western influence again
2: yeah it's that evil western evil influence. People western. Say,
0: that's good no. yeah that's good it it does help to talk to others in this with the same combo of you know stuff right we are, uh, we are a good we are a good stuff
1: combo we are we're a number yeah, two era. We, know. We're really, we
2: are really good stuff.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think that it really helps having a lot of LGBT Egyptian friends as well. And, you know, I I didn't, which I didn't really have when I was living up in Seattle. It was kind of hard to meet people in general because because there's this reputation that Seattle has called the Seattle Freeze where people, if you're not a local
0: mm-hmm.
2: In Seattle, and people find out you're from, God forbid, California. You know, they're, they they all of a sudden say, "Hey, have a nice day," and then just
0: leave what? you hanging. Yeah, that's. Oh God.
2: Yeah. So it was. It took seven years to make good friends up in Seattle, and I still oh. have good friends up in Seattle. You know, and now that I'm yeah. down here in Southern California, I'm, you know, I've I've gotten to meet a lot more LGBT people from my cultural background and that's really good. You know, I think that as far as being bi pansexual and Egyptian, it's, I mean, the culture is pretty conservative in a lot of ways. I'll say that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it was a, it was a struggle for me growing up. You know, I didn't, it wasn't necess- it wasn't just having to um, navigate and try to find who I was um, and who I was a. Tr- generally attracted to and all that but you know there were just a lot of like being born in the states being born in america and growing up in america in the bay area it was like really yeah it was it was it was was tricky you know especially like you know when my own family was actually trying to sort of like keep some of our um, traditions from back home from from back in the homeland over Mm -hmm. here and honestly you know i was i i totally fought it i'm like no i'm in america i want to be american i don't want mm-hmm. i was really fighting i was really adamant against you know not
0: yeah
2: what types know, of traditions
0: be. like what can you give examples
2: oh i would say some of them were like religious tra- Some were a lot of them were religious traditions you know a lot of them were like yeah um the way we interact with people sort of like isolating ourselves from the larger community and saying that, you know, like, you know, we don't want to, we don't want anything to do with like, if in the way, the way I look at it is, is that if a lot of, um, like, like in our Egyptian community, a lot of people who are the well, Egyptian Americans here who are in this, in America that are, um, that are, that have immigrated that there that are, that are themselves immigrants, they often they if they if they see like a um, a white person, they're automatically going to call them American. And to me, I find that extremely problematic calling a white mm-hmm. person American because it's like, you know, they, they're going to call if they see a black person, they'll call a black person black or, or you know, African-American. If they see a mm-hmm. lat- Latino person, they'll call them Latino. If they see somebody who's Asian, they'll say they're Asian. But if they say white, if, if, if they see a white person, they're going to call them American. These, these, can you see the, what yeah, I'm getting at here?
0: Definitely pro that's such a
2: problem. It's very problematic. Yeah. It's like stereotyping. It's like saying, you know, that only white people can be real Americans. Absolutely. In other words, it's, it's, it's just BS.
0: Yeah, it's excluding huge groups of people huge like, groups of americans
1: it's like certain people including don't want native
2: us- americans too right
1: yeah it's like certain people just don't want uh, america to be perceived or be a multicultural society you know
2: and you know sadly president i think when i talk to uh, when i've talked to other you know like when i talk to immigrants some immigrants from egypt over here you know like they. I got to tell them, hey, you know, there's Americans can also not, Americans aren't also white. They can also be indigenous, you know, native here. They can also be, you know, from Latin American country or from Africa, you know, have roots in Africa or from um, East Asian or South Asian country or Mm
0: -hmm. from the
2: Pacific islands, even, you know, anything like that. But, you know, it's like, I don't, it's this whole sort of white people are considered Americans thing that narrative is something my dad himself has really like he's there it was very evidenced in him right you know when Mm -hmm. growing up I saw him doing that and then like I automatically I automatically because of that started emulating him in that way when I you know and then later on it didn't take long for me to realize how you know that that view of seeing only white people as quote true americans is very problematic right yeah sorry
0: ellie growing up with two parents from lebanon did you have any similar experiences
1: uh keeping the traditions alive our we weren't like overtly religious so our family traditions kind of stayed alive because our family tradition was coming together having huge meals together getting all the kids and the family in, like, one room and chatting it up and bullshitting it. It was great. But we didn't have the religious aspect. Conversely, um, with the whole American thing, my parents, my family tried pretty hard to be, like, to American it up, whatever that means. But, you know, it's Oh, just, it's
0: like the assimilation Yeah, thing, like, we always had, like, a means.
1: flag hanging from our front... American flag hanging in front of our front door and all that good stuff. And I was just like, really? I was like...
0: Well, that's kind of, like... Another Yeah, that's kind of the flip side as, uh, of what uh, Shireen was talking about.
1: It's like, yeah, we didn't have the, uh, we didn't go for the religious stuff, but we didn't try to act like it. But we also did, you know, we tried to very hard to sometimes literally and figuratively wave the American flag and, you know, declare our Americanness. Yeah. Even though, you know, whenever the Middle East became the bad person and America's worldview, you know, we got shit for it, too so And Mm -hmm. Americans aren't and when it comes to America at war, they're not pretty it's like brown people are brown people are brown people, so Yeah Mm -hmm. Like are you enough? you were probably at war with you Yeah, it's kind of weird like that Mm -hmm. America is weird.
0: I mean, yeah Yeah and like yeah. Yeah. I just and something I've noticed even within the LGBT community or queer community, it's like I think the like queer minorities or, you know, brown people within the queer community could be way better supported by by other queers than they are.
1: Yeah, but we could also have a few more people step up and represent as well. I mean, yeah. You know, look look at how many out queer Arabs we know.
0: That's, I know, but it's, I also understand that it's dangerous for a lot of people to do that.
1: Yeah, but still, we need more people stepping
2: up. Right, yeah, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just aren't in a situation where they can. Yeah, which... Without losing everything.
1: We have discussed this to death, though, I think.
0: I know. uh,
1: But... You know here we are we're doing it we're probably doing we're doing a uh interesting job of it at times but we're doing it
0: yeah we're kind of figuring yeah. it out as we go along and i mean how else would we do it
1: yep you know if some people right. would step up hint hint nudge nudge <sighs>
0: ellie don't be one of those people <laughs> who's like like we also have to have compassion for people who cannot, and understanding for people who cannot step up, quote-unquote.
1: It's more of like a general nudge-nudge hint, hint, at nudge, our audience for those who can, who have the choice to. I
0: know. Uh... A lot of our audience has done so. I know, I know. continues I know, to do so.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stir the pot, as
0: it were. I know, I know it's it's complicated it's complicated because on one hand it's like we won't get anywhere if no one speaks out and then on the other hand it's hard for people to speak out especially to speak out safely, yeah. safely without losing their entire family or foundation or like their entire support network
2: and it's 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 and i noticed that too not only like like, like, like if you take like the Egyptian society, I noticed that it's not only LGBT people that are, you know, oftentimes excommunicated from their families. It's also people who decide not to be Muslim or even Christ you know, or even cop corrupted Christian. It's like, I think the thing is that religion in general plays such a big role in, in the lives of folks back in Egypt that, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, if for someone to come out as atheist or agnostic is like, Whoa, you know, that'd be like a big slap in the face for a a lot of people would take it as a big slap in the face, which it is not at all. You know, people Mm -hmm. have, you know, people have the right of freedom of religion, but people also have the right of freedom from religion, right? You know, there's,
0: totally you shouldn't
2: have to, you shouldn't have to have a, um, compulsory, Religion that you identify with, and the thing is, I know that in a lot of the Middle e- the MENA Middle Eastern North African region, there's in a lot of like the pe- people's identification cards, it lists you yeah, obviously your name and your birth date and your gender, but it also lists strangely enough, you know, your in many cases your religion, and it's mm-hmm. like, who the hell, what? what you believe why is it the hell other people's business you know it's, it's yeah it's bullshit it's bullshit when it just seems so
0: not genuine to stick with to have to stick with a faith that you don't even feel anything for or believe in
2: no like what if you want to let's say you grew up muslim what if you want to become a buddhist you know mm-hmm. someone should become a buddhist without being judged you know they shouldn't they shouldn't be judged for it they shouldn't be you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: they shouldn't be like you know, they, sh- they shouldn't be ostracized or anything. And if someone wants to come out, convert, let's say, go from Muslim, Islam to, you know, Judaism or Christianity, it's like they, that person shouldn't be ostracized either or excommunicated. Right. And if and if a person decides, you know, I don't want anything to do with religion, any kind of religion anymore, mm-hmm. that person doesn't deserve to get shit from their own family or from society in general. It's like, you know, Hey, if you're. If you have faith in a higher power, if your faith is strong, then why do you care what other people believe? You know, yeah. why does it? If 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 a person's believes in a higher power, you know, God or Allah or whoever, and they um they want everybody else to believe in God, it's like, or 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 an Allah, you know, it's like what? Yeah, why is it their business? I mean, they want to they want other people to believe the same thing, just so they could make themselves feel better, and that so they could get more, so that they could possibly, you know, be most likely to go to go to heaven if they, when they, you know, when it turns to judgment day and all that, right. you know, it's just this is just this is crap.
0: And it's unfortunate, in my opinion, in so many MENA, you know, MENA countries, how the law is so tied into the religion, so as yeah. ellie ellie brought up on the past episode that like because her family's christian and she would be listed as christian you know she would have to like deal with the christian courts for any type of legal procedure mm-hmm. uh regardless of what she identifies as religiously or not religiously you know yeah
1: but yeah because they
0: that complicates things
1: because it would also, um, because having someone opt out would mean like, well, what law does apply to them, you know, and no one really wants to set up sort of a secular court system, I imagine. Yeah. Or admit that's it's going to be a thing just because of what a large role uh, religious belief plays in the Middle East. So yeah. We can't always, we can't escape it. And it's just been around for so long, it's hard for people to get away from.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Is that how it
2: is in Egypt with the court system and stuff? Do you know? If you know. I believe it is. I be- I haven't I haven't been in 24 years, but I believe it is, mm-hmm. you know, the if you're and it's oftentimes used for um inheritance cases and right. you know, like if somebody passes away, you know, like who gets this who gets the share of you know, belongings or Yeah. Assets, money, land, whatever you name it, you know, and Mm -hmm. inherit inheritances, you know, and stuff like that.
0: I think, I
2: think it's like over there, you know, but, you know, they shouldn't have these religious courts. It's, it's, it's stupid. I mean, I mean,
0: yeah, it limits people's ability to really explore religion for themselves.
2: Right. I mean, like, I do think, yeah. like I do, I'm I'm just speaking in a generalized sense right here. You know, I mean, I think. You know, I'm I need to. There's probably some things that I'm not very well versed in that I need to probably learn more about. You know, and one thing too that I wanna, one thing that I've I've noticed, you know, like recently that I really 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 want to, um, you know, do is I want to be more of an ally of the Coptic community in Egypt, because, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. in Egypt. There's so, I mean, there's like 90, it's like nine, they say it's like 90% Muslim and 10% Coptic. And there's just so much discrimination out there against people who are, you know, who identifies Coptic Christian. And it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's basically like, I'm, I was reading stories like i don't know if this is true or not but i read something about how like you know on the on the national soccer team you know the the um players can't have to be muslim and all that and and i'm Mm -hmm. i think with that it's probably i don't know i don't know if that's the, the same case with you know like people wanting to be in the presidency or all that but in a nutshell there's just so much discrimination out there against the Coptic community in you know in egypt and i want and i've you know i want to be i want to be more aware i want to be more woke about the community and all that and you know this the struggles and you mm. know maybe my own maybe my own privilege i might have had you know growing up and as a part of the diaspora as somebody who grew up muslim
0: i think it's great that you recognize there is a a specific type of privilege, um, being Muslim, within the Egyptian context or Egypt, you know, Egyptian yeah. context. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's our last guest said something to that effect. Like it's important for us to all recognize our own privilege, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, we recognize our privilege as as two queer. Arab women living in America, we can definitely talk about it with far less say than, say, someone living and publishing in Saudi Arabia. Right. Yeah. You know, for an extreme example. But even then, like, anywhere in the Middle East is just not friendly.
0: Yeah, it's a lot harder. In
2: general, yeah.
0: So we definitely think about that a lot and about it's- how – uh, on, on another episode, this – Uh, Miriam and I talked about being half Arab and how, well, and Ellie too, like we all have kind of skin that's on the lighter spectrum. We could, we're white passing if we really want to be, and that's a type of privilege. So I think it's good. Yeah.
2: I think, oh, I hope I I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, no. Go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's also, I mean, the, the, the truth also of the matter is that when I, you know, coming to America, when you're, when your family comes to America and you have kids here and all that, you know, the the sad thing is that once you come, the, when you come to America, you get categorized,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, some people like, if like, you know, and, I mean, obviously let's, let's, let's um, take a comparison. maybe. Between you two and me, you know, obvi- I mean, I'm obviously a dark, a much darker skinned Arab, you know, and then than both of you. And I think, but the thing is that I don't really think in general terms of, you know, I don't like to think that that I feel disadvantaged in any way, you know. I mean, privilege. I mean, there's privilege out there. People have different privileges, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't want. My whole thing is that I don't want to force myself to identify in a certain way or not identify, but I don't want to, I don't want to force myself to, I to act underprivileged Mm -hmm. just to make another person feel better. I don't want to, you know like, you know, hey, you know, I might, I might have darker, I might be one of the darker skin, you know, as an Egyptian, I mean, yeah, and Egyptians, you know, are like, we're, 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 we're a mix, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of Egyptians who are darker than me. There's a lot of Egyptians who are lighter than me. There's a lot of them who are this about the same skin tone as I am. And, you know, I think that I think, you know, I like to think of myself in terms of a sort of a, cumulative effect, you know, it's like, you know, Hey, you know, I might, I might have the darks, the dark skin, which, you know, obviously in America, you know, the darker your skin in many ways, you know, the more ostracized you are, or the more, you know, unfortunately, as we're seeing these days, you know, might be more targeted by the police or whatever,
0: right?
2: you know, and shit like that. And I think, I think that what helps me is you is you know i've and people say i i tend to be an intelligent person which i mean i guess i agree i guess i have to admit it i do have to admit it you know if i want if i want to be um you know uh, acknowledge the whole entire cumulative effect but Mm -hmm. i think that you know i have that going for me i've got you know i was born and raised here in the states i mean i know but that and that's a that in and of itself given the, given the, you know, times that we're in right now, that's, that's a, um, that's a privilege there too. Yeah. You know, having, having a college, having a, having a university degree, working in, um. you know, working a job that I'm really happy with working that I really like and all that. And, and one that pretty much matches the skills of what I studied in the in um, in, co- in college and, you know, and the fact that I travel a lot, you know, I think that I could probably see that's probably made a lot of people, you know, like in my Facebook community, kind of jealous. And I, and I can understand, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but I think that, um, these opportunities have come for me and I just want to you know, when these travel opportunities come, I just want to take it. Like for an example, I, um, I went to Mexico for four days, you know, and later on, like in a couple of months, you know, and it's, and it's for four days and I'm, and I'm really, I'm really excited. You know, it's, it's, um, it's like, um, it's, it was an opportunity for me and, and, you know, it's just that whenever a travel opportunity comes up it's one of the biggest things i like to take and it, like mm-hmm. to you know like to take advantage of and i'm all you know just the fact that you know mm-hmm. gladly i'm not married right now or, and then we don't have any kids except i have one cute little fur baby mm-hmm. cat yeah
0: <laughs> we know that we know yeah, how yeah.
1: That is. but yeah, that that kind of comes back to the whole being bi an Egyptian thing, because a lot of Middle Eastern identity is strictly tied to gender roles and gender identity. Uh, yeah, you know, how's how's being bi ex- impacted, like your relationship with your folks, with your community? Like, have they I started? Think... At, have they started to ask you the dreaded grandchildren question? You know, <laughs> how have you, how have you addressed that? You know how how have you been like navigating within sort of the egyptian immigrant community with the sort of word out that you're by at least with some people
2: yeah i think that um i have to tell you that i'm very fortunate i never got the whole children grandchildren question you know i mean if obviously if somebody so lucky if, so privileged no i i know and and the thing yeah that's that's that could be a privilege in and of itself too, you know. And I just um um yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people in the MENA diaspora end up, you know, get you know, who are who come out as LGBT get questions like that and it's like I'm I'm glad I didn't, you know, but yeah you know, then again it's like I feel like my um I feel in certain ways I was ostracized in the, in the family, even though I have an accepting mom, like I felt like, I think it's, it wasn't just my, my queerness, you know, it was also my, um, I, I, I sometimes think I might be somewhere on an, on an, on a neuroatypical spectrum, you know, which is what people oftentimes, you know, will place conditions like autism or Asperger's on and, you know, or a- or being ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the fact that I've sometimes struggled in social situations a lot growing up that that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of made me, especially when I've gone back to Egypt to visit family, that's kind of, it's kind of made me a sort of, not necessarily ostracized but i feel like i would i feel like my relatives around me would get a little more frustrated with me and that in turn would piss me off you know i'd be like why are yeah. you getting pissed at me? for no reason you know it's, it's it was it was bullshit do you but feel... you know I...
0: oh sorry sorry to interrupt uh, well do you Go feel ahead. like do you feel like it's difficult to talk about those subjects within the MENA community like autism or oh yeah any like yeah that's kind of the impression i get too
1: yeah i mean we're we're since i know that some of us who aren't out are under a lot of pressure to be sort of you know the model kids or the model minorities depending on who's looking but you know uh in the middle eastern community we don't talk about mental illness much not You know and we definitely talk don't talk about it to, especially to somebody's face we definitely hear the oh she's crazy she's got you know she's got the yeah. disease, or she's got the schizophrenia yeah. or she's got the autism it's always
0: good gossip material yeah, but and, not since, you just yeah. and
1: since our socialization and uh, like family socialization is so you know is so front and center to our social lives sometimes it really stands out and it really can make things a bit harder so with you like since you since you admit that you are you may be on the spectrum you know uh has Mm -hmm. you you know have you felt any trouble like perhaps thinking maybe you should reach out maybe get some help or if you need help you know
2: i think as far as being on the spectrum is concerned you know and i probably don't know what my exact um for lack of a better word, diagnosis is. um, mm-hmm. I think that I accept myself for the way I am. It's the way my higher power had made me. And I accept that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not willing to change those parts of me that are, you know, solid that, mm-hmm. that, that were, that are, that are basically immutable, you know? And I think obviously like you're, you know, your sexuality, your sexual orientation is obviously immutable. And so something like being, you know, your eye color would be immutable and your skin color is immutable and your hair color and all that. And, you know, and, you know, so obviously being all being neuro as well could be, um, considered, I, th- I think it's immutable as well. And I think a lot of times going, citing my own Egyptian Culture and background. I think. I think when it comes to neurodiversity, there's often a lot of religious thoughts associated with it. Like, oh, you know, that's maybe like if a person's, you know, autistic. I mean, I mean, or 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 has Asperger's, then there, then there probably be a lot of gossip. Like, you know, Ellie, like you were saying, or thoughts that or people might say, yeah, you know, this. God, God's God punishing them. That's God oh, that's created my you that that way because it's punishment for something we did, you know, or, or you know, they treat you like you're, they treat you like you're in a wheelchair. In a lot of ways, I, they treat you like a leper.
1: Might be a little ableist, but you know, that I get what you're saying. You know, they, there is, yes. it's not the most. We don't. When you're not on the neurotypical scale, as it were, you know, yeah. you do stand out, especially in a culture cultures as social as ours. Mm-hmm. So you know, on to- toss on that with the whole sexuality business and it's you know, you become a you can easily become a target of gossip and the talk in the community is like, Oh, what has she done yeah. now? It's like, Oh, did you see what she did? And mm-hmm. And you know, and it just gets really ugly like that. You know, you can also I'm thinking of one person specific in my life who does that who does that a little. Oh. You know who you are. Sucks. She makes really good food though, so she gets a pass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh.
1: (laughs) But um Yeah, I, I know it. And I know that sometimes the GLBT community isn't much better in that respect. If you're not, if you do show some some signs of not being neurotypical, you can get shit for it. I mean, have you experienced that yourself?
2: Oh, um, you mean within the queer community? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh. I don't think I really have, but I do believe it does happen in which, people who are neuro atypical within the queer or trans community. Um, I think let's just say, you know, a lot of the events might take place in a bar, you know, like a gay bar where, which, which oftentimes, you know, the music is extremely loud, might be extremely loud. And there might be a lot of, you know, on the TV, you know, like on the screens and on the monitors and all that you know there might be like flashing lights and it, it's all these visual overload. effects I get it you know yeah um... there's all these visual effects that um you know and from what I that, that from what I'm reading somebody with autism or asperger's cannot is is very sensitive in general to these very extreme effects like these very extreme sound or visual effects
1: mm-hmm. um... Yeah, well, I just find them loud and annoying myself. So I, I, yeah. I, I have a lot of sympathy slash empathy on that. It's just, but yeah, <laughs> we're we're also now sort of brought up to sort of do that party environment. You know, we're not socialized that way. I, there, we don't have that expectation, and so I feel like the fact that the gay community is stereotypically built around the bar scene, mm-hmm. you know, presents us with a lot of dating challenges as well because. You know if we're not in a large city where there's a lot of queer people congregating or able to able to congregate we kind of get stuck into the well do i go join the queer white people at the bar or do i try to do it online and it's just it's just a really hard community to break Mm -hmm. into when you're just not well socialized for it you know
2: right yeah especially you know like i think it's there's certain it seems like in some ways there's you have to you have to you know be a certain way to be accepted by the, by the community, you know, like I noticed, um, like I have, you know, like I have friends of mine, let's just say who are, you know, gay metalheads, you know, and I know like I've, I've, you know, from what I've, the conversations that I've seen, you know, I think that there's a lot of, um, like the you know sort of ostracism within the gay community of people who happen to be gay but happen to like the, the genre of heavy metal music i think that's you know
1: yeah i i, I know how was... that feels it's like you you bring up some of the classics the sabbath uh queen and all like
2: kiss and kiss
1: you know the, the classics and then some of the more modern stuff like metaka megadeth and uh yeah, you know, Slayer. And, yeah, and then, and then once you get in sort of the more niche stuff, you know, the black metal, death metal, uh, yeah. power metal, you know, a lot of people's faces start going blank. But I think we just did that <laughs> to like most of our audience with this sentence. But yeah, like, that
2: probably, <laughs> yeah, that probably really like threw a wrench into a lot of people, like, what the hell are you, like, are you talking, is talking about now? So- <laughs> <Can> we- <laughs> this is now? Yeah! The- yeah, metal. <laughs>
1: This is now well, the metal episode.
0: I'm just saying yeah, metal in solidarity with you two, <laughs> but um, But
1: okay, so now that we're we're on the topic, you know, there's a stereotype that the metal community is very very heteronormative, very straight, very masculine. And to be honest, while I do see like signs of that, I I don't feel like that's enforced at least in the local Houston area. How about you? You know, do you do you feel like it's do you feel like the sort of the strong stereotypes are there and enforced or what, what are your
2: feelings on that? I think with, as far as the stereotypes are concerned, you know, um, with, with metalheads, it's like, I think it comes mostly from the high schoolers because in my experience, when I grew up, you know, I had, I some, there were time yeah, I had metalhead friends, you know, growing up and, you know, there was, there was a, in a way, you know, this sort of like, you have to listen to, you know, this type of death metal, you know, or, or black metal, or if you, you know, or else you're not metal enough, you know, metal enough metal, I guess, as an adjective, meaning cool, you know, or badass or whatever. Oh my God. I, I, I know this, I know this so well, but yeah. And it's like, I think that, yeah, you, you do see some heteronormativity, but I think it's changing right now and you know like fortunately we're thankful for pioneers like um rob alford from judas priest which i am really 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 fortunate to go ahead and see tomorrow Ooh. in concert which is gonna Lucky be so cool you.
1: nice and of course we have the late yeah. great freddie mercury
2: and we have for of course we have freddie mercury you know we've got you know I know I, there was like actually three people in death and black metal like bands, you know, who I know, like there's one from Gorgoroth, you know, who was openly gay. And there's two guys who were in the band Death, who um, they're saying their vocalist their vocalist death, you know, Chuck had passed away like 10 or 12 or so years ago from cancer, you know, rest in peace and all that. And, um, but yeah, I think we're seeing changes too, you know. Like we're seeing also the the um, band Life of Agony. You know, there's the um, singer Mina Caputo. She's openly trans, you know. And you know, I, I give I give her my undying support and all that. And everybody in the community and you go girl. You know, and of course, you have in the punk rock community. You also have Laura Jane Grace and and Against Me. And oh you know, she it's, is
1: so awesome.
0: I you, know. You've
2: great
0: music against me. Yeah. It's a, I really like the music.
1: Yeah, the what was the album? Trans Dysphoria Blues? Mm-hmm. That was- Transgender Dysphoria Blues, yeah. Yeah, that one was so good. Oh, uh, maybe we should link that one. But Yeah, we should but yeah. Um I think there's like a, a lot of self awareness within the mental community at times of like what a stereotype we can be, and we sort of just run with it, you know. We like you see a lot of self-awareness especially like with specific bands Guar I'm looking at you you know like they're aware yeah. of how like how absurd they are sometimes and it is sort of like enjoy it
2: like there there are some pro- I've seen some progressive folks in the metal community like I've seen you know the guitarist from Testament Alex Skolnick he's very open-minded about a lot of things you know and I like I've seen him post you know positive posts on on Instagram about, you know, like, let's just say, you know, like when, like, you know, like about LGBT people, you know, in the metal community, and that will also include the, um, I think, is is she like a, a senator in Virginia, Danica Rome? She's, she was, she was a vocalist in a band over there called, um, I can't, I can't remember the name of the band, but she, she was She's not only part of people. the community,
1: but she's so metal. Sorry? Oh, I was just saying, spontaneous interviews people. We are the maximum must have prepared. Not really. <laughs> yes.
0: That's us. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's cool. Um, oh, we need to do the noun game before we wrap this up. Yeah. Okay, let's just have Shereen pick some nouns. Oh, uh, okay. Shireen, noun us. So, so Shereen, give us yeah. three completely random nouns it can be anything at all three nouns
2: oh just in general yeah if it's a noun it's good yeah globetrotter Uh uh-huh metalhead nice um cat (laughs) <laughs> nice. All that right. just says because I have a cat, so. Yeah. I
0: love it. Okay. So we're going to ask you questions based on those nouns. So I'll start. What is the best thing about being a globetrotter?
2: I think the best thing about being a globetrotter is that you get to explore new, you know, different cultures. I shouldn't say new because the cultures have always existed, but you get to explore different cultures, you know, that out, you step outside your comfort zone. You you are, um, you make yourself more adaptable and you more open-minded and you become more sophisticated of a person. And it, you know, I've always liked doing that. You know, like when I took my last trip, international trip, which was to um, Thailand, mm-hmm.
0: um,
2: nice. I really learned a lot of, you know, new things about, oh well, not new, well, I guess things about the Thai culture that I didn't know that, you know, I, that I really appreciate. Yeah. You know, just it's really like, and it's so weird, you know, like that I tend to tra- I've tended to travel a lot of times in the past few years on a whim because That's I guess it right. helps not having that. kids or having any yeah, you know having any spouse or anything like that. It's just really like I think all those two things have really helped me you know m- become more of a spontaneous traveler.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. My favorite
2: mm-hmm. thing.
0: Uh, so,
1: as a metalhead, what would you consider your quintessential album? Not like the metal album of all time, but what is the most metal album for you? What's your favorite? What's what what album would define you as a metal person?
2: I already I have like a 450 CD Pick collection, one. you know. <laughs> 90, 90% of them are metal. I would say probably... Asking the hard questions here.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I see that. Well, I know you see I, I have a Misfits poster up there, you know, right behind me, but I think that um the album Deicide, Once Upon the Cross by the band Deicide is probably the most influential death metal, death metal album that I have, you know, because it's pretty it's pretty aggressive it's really you know the riffs are very very intricate and very like you know just very schizophrenic I, I for lack of i hate to i hate to i hate to you know use sanest language or ableist language or anything like that but i just like just like the sound of the guitar riffs and the drums are pretty fast and you know betton does a good job with the vocals and the growling and all that I think I think that's a really good album to have it's I mean I I know it's not for everybody because they're pretty that that band is pretty you know open about being anti-religion in particular like anti-christian you know and all that and you yeah, know but it's just I,
1: I, I can listen. get behind that
2: but you know mm-hmm. I just listen to them I just listen to music for music I don't listen I don't sing along to every... S- I hardly, I should say, I hardly sing along to any metal song or, or growl or not, not growl, sing along or anything like that. It's just, there's too many songs and it's just really, you know, there's no need. the The sound, the instruments that are being played at the time, I think that's enough to make a good make a good you know impression on a person I mean you don't the vocals as far as the vocals are concerned you can have vocals that are um you know people are I mean to have vocals you have to have words obviously most of the time but you know it's the quality of the vocals that sometimes what I look a lot of times what I look at and I don't I don't look at the lyrics often time it's what i look at yeah. is the quality of the vocals in addition and the emotive to the, presence yeah and in addition to the um instrument instruments that are being played in the song or album yeah So.
0: oh and cat okay i got you, one
1: what is your cat's favorite metal album ooh
2: good question <laughs> um <laughs>
0: Is your cat a metalhead? She <laughs> is a metalhead. I always wanted to make
2: her a little metal jacket, just like one oh. one that I have on my own. <laughs> There's actually you can go on Google and oh Google cat metal battle jackets and you'll see cats very you know, these 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 like <laughs> oh my God. these little coats. Yeah, it's really funny and cute. Oh. And then, but I think my cat's favorite band is, or metal album, would probably be, um, I would say either DS Deus, that deicide album I mentioned, or maybe behemoth album Evangelion. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: All right. So I guess it's time for, you, up. I guess we're wrapping it up at this point. So is there anything else you wanted to add to this whole conversation we've had at people today?
2: Yeah. What I would like to say is that you shouldn't be afraid of who you are and if somebody wants to give you shit for it, fuck them I approve of this message.
0: So do I. That was a great closing.
1: This is the fuck <laughs> this is the fuck
0: episode, now. <laughs> episode. Yeah. So everyone, you can reach us at thequeerarabs at gmail dot com. At uh the queer Arabs and uh at uh sorry, the queer Arabs, no spaces, nothing at on Instagram and Twitter, and then we're on Facebook, The Queer Arabs.
1: Yes, the is very important. We're very self-important with the the. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) Don't mistake us for those other queer Arabs if they exist.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, and Shireen, if people have feedback or questions for you, can they direct them to us or do you want to give
2: a way to contact you? It's up to you. I think that they could contact you and. we can um, pass them on. Yeah, we'll pass along the messages. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I think that's good. that's good. You know, I I don't I don't want to really I I don't I mean, I I didn't want to like put the burden on you or anything. It's
0: just, Oh, no, it's not a burden. I I think your email address has your full name. So it it might be good. Yeah. Look, it might be good to just do it through us. Look, like, we'll
1: we'll just be those uh we'll just be your uh press staff for this one so (laughs) oh yeah
2: joints chief of staff (laughs) absolutely yeah and if
1: not our secretary shall deal it thou isn't that right tally
0: yeah our cat is our secretary
1: (laughs) (laughs) she just looked at us in disgust
0: actually we are her secretaries in life Mm -hmm. anyway anyway so Thank you, Shireen, for coming on. It was you're awesome. awesome. you were really. Oh, fun. you guys are
2: awesome too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. This is
2: this was such a pleasure. I. It was great. You know, I, I. wanted to, I wanted to say pretty much my whole life story here, you know, but obviously there's, well, you know, we got we we can't we, really we can't really tell your whole life story anyway. It's just, it's, it's it's I know. It's impractical.
0: I know. But maybe in the future we can have you on for another episode and, like, talk about other stuff. Like, more stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you.